This is Josh White from joshwhite.org, and you're listening to the Church Collective Podcast. Welcome to episode 33 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, we have two interviews. Our first one will be with Dave Helmuth, who does mentoring for a living for worship leaders. In this episode, we'll talk about how he got involved in worship ministry, the value of being faithful daily to God, how he started becoming a coach for other worship leaders, and just the general identity of the worship leader. After that, we'll interview Josh White about a great conference that he's putting together in Las Vegas at his church. We'll talk about his heart behind offering this conference for people. Um, we'll, We'll talk also about the the fact that a couple of the contributors for the Church Collective will actually be speaking there. So if you're going to be in Vegas, you're going to want to be able to go over there and meet some awesome people. And Josh just talks about all the sessions he's planning, and this is just going to be a great episode, really practical information for you. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number Born in Costa Rica, missionary uh, family down there. Uh, when I was 12, we moved to San Antonio, Texas, and um, my parents were uh, uh, church planters there, so kind of got involved right away. I actually was playing drums in our hallway in our house, uh-huh. in our little small house church. I don't know what in the world my parents were thinking, um, but I was playing drums in the hallway. Um, moved into a building then after that, and um, I was really into basketball in high school, and uh, the day before I turned 17, I tore my ACL, and so I picked up a guitar, (laughs) and uh, that's kind of how I got started playing guitar, and then when I graduated high school, uh, my pastor's wife, who was leading worship, um, had her fourth kid, and she said, okay, Dave, that's it, I'm out, you're in, and so I kind of got launched into leading worship uh, right out of high school um, at our small church, so you know, it was me and the same five people for you know, every week for five to seven years. Wow. Uh, so I just kind of trial by fire, you know, going to every conference I could figure out to go to and, and trying to see, you know, how to do this thing. So um, in the meantime, you know, while I was doing that, I also went to, to school, to college, uh, got a music degree there. And um, yeah, the first, so that was, I was volunteering for years and years. And then finally, I, you know, I started getting, you know, Couple hundred bucks a month to do that. Sure. Um, then I graduated from from college and um, moved up to Amish country, to Lancaster, which is where I am now, <laughs> uh, which was really bizarre uh, when I first moved up here. Um, and I got on staff at a, a couple of different churches. Uh, I was at a, like a charismatic church for a while, and then I went to a Presbyterian church for a while. As there, they had like a, a contemporary outreach service that they did. Yeah. Uh, and then I got my first kind of like big full-time, you know, at a non-denominational church uh, worship leading, worship pastor position. Um, so that was kind of my, my foray into, and that's, that's kind of, that was the last uh, time I was a, a worship pastor. Was on, that was the last time I was on staff. Sure. So how, um, I know a lot of people listening to this might be in, in a similar situation. Maybe they're in like a part-time worship position and they want to make that jump to full-time. Can, can you kind of say it's, I know it's, it was different for me. It's different for everyone we talked to, but kind of what, how did you make that jump? Was there steps you took for it or did you really feel just kind of God laid it on you? Um, man, you know, it's interesting to, to think about, um, the different points in life where you're, you're leading, you're serving, 
and you get discontent with where you are. You know, I remember when I was in Texas, you know, I was leading at this small church and we went up to a conference in St. Louis, Kent Henry Conference, and I, I, I went to the, to the band rehearsal hmm. and I was like, oh man, like if I could just be at a church like this, that would be so awesome. You know, I mean, they had a full band and it was just, they're really good. And, um, so I went back and I was kind of like talking with God about that and, you know, I felt like he said, hey, look, how about you treat this one like it's the real deal instead of waiting for that next one? And that was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Ah, all right. So, and that was, that was, you know, I was still, I think I was in college at the time. And uh, so I was still, I was still trying to figure out, you know, what I was doing. But, but I, I said, okay. So I really started taking it seriously. And that, that probably marked a lot of, how and why I got more opportunities yeah. just saying, okay, this is the opportunity in front of me. And I don't know if it's going to go anywhere beyond this, but I'm going to give this all I have. Yeah. And that was kind of a, one of those basic like stewardship of my life's kind of things. And that, um, you know, after that, I remember I, uh, when I was at my second church after that, I had this, this beginning of a gnawing feeling, this coaching desire was coming up in me, you know, wanting to, Wanting to be the the person that I never had, yeah. Um, you know, when I was doing, I was like, man, if I could just have somebody come alongside me and help me out, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Um, but longing for longing to be that 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 for somebody else, uh, I remember thinking, you know, I, I got a, actually the, the 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 last church I was at, I didn't pursue. Um, they um, somebody that I knew had had told their pastors about me. And um, so they came to me, and I was like, "Wow, God, should I do this?" You know, it's like a, a it was a big jump. I mean, I'd been in a church of like 250 people. This was a church of a thousand. Yeah. Significant change. You know, I'd never done anything like that before. But I was like, "Ah, but I really wanted to do the coaching thing." You know, that was really in me. Thankfully, I had some some good mentors at the time that just said, "You know what? You should probably really you know give this a shot because mm. um, you're going to learn stuff there." And man, I, I totally you know learned so much while I was there, um, that were, you know, I, I use it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So, yeah. So you're touching on the, the coaching thing too. So now you like, t- tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and how you got into that too. Sure. Um, so I had that desire, right. To, to coach others and to help other leaders. And I realized you know, I could be on staff at one church and really help out there. And that's awesome. But the way I'm wired, I just, I love, there's just, I realize there's so many leaders out there. So many people who just, if they could just, you know, sometimes it's like, can I just get a chord chart, you know, to like, can you just help me with this relationship with my drummer? Or, or, you know, how do you actually engage a congregation? I mean, all these different questions that we leaders have. And um, I thought, man, if I'm on staff at a church, you know, when I was on staff full time, I was like, man, I, I wish I could help, but I just can't. Yeah. You know, the way, the way we're doing things there, I just, you know, there's no way. So uh, I didn't start coaching right away. Um, actually, right, out, right after I finished staff um, at the last church, I got married. Um, and so for the first couple of years of marriage, I just, I pursued other things. I did some, you know, worship leading, but I wasn't on staff anywhere and I was just kind of working regular jobs. Hmm. Um, and uh, the last job I had was actually at Starbucks, um, which was, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but my Starbucks actually closed down. It was one of the ones that, that closed down uh, in 2008, and that's kind of when I launched into this. I just 
I went, you know, went all the way in and just started my own business doing doing worship coaching. Mm. Uh, that was that was five years ago. Wow. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So with all the with all the worship leaders you're talking to, um, is there, are there any like unifying problems that you see? Kind of, it's cool because you have like this macro view of a lot mm. of churches. So like, are there any like things that you, issues that you keep seeing coming up, and maybe like speak to them and answer them a little bit? Yeah, sure. Well, I think there's two things. One, one is is our identity. Um, you know, anywhere from from what's on the line when we're serving, you know, what's like, what's really on the line, you know, what do we really care about as far as it relates to who we are? Um, and what's our understanding level about what drives us, what motivates us, who, who we, who we as, as followers of Christ feel like we are. And, and, and in that conversation, who does God say that we are? Hmm. Um, I had a, a really significant moment, um, a couple of years ago, where I was in a room full of, of, of leaders. Um, I, was already, I was already working as a coach. And so there were all these leaders that I wanted to meet and I wanted to talk to and wanted to, to, to relate to and help. <clears throat> but I was just so insecure in that moment. I, I was feeling all of these, you know, tensions about what are they thinking. And, and I, was, I was literally incapacitated. I, I, I couldn't talk to anybody. Mm. And I was like, God, this is not right. Um, this, is, this is not... You know, this is not how things should go. So uh, I, re- I remembered the passage where, where Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And then he asks them, who do you say that I am? And I said, okay, God, how about I switch that around? And I need to know right now, who do you say that I am? Um, and he shared with me, you know, the, the thing that kind of popped into my head was that I'm victorious and that I'm a conqueror. Hmm. Which is kind of like, oh yeah, that's you know, every Christian is you know more than more than conquerors in Christ, you know. Right. But but listen to how I heard that for what I was doing. A church, a church is stuck, or a leader is stuck, or a group, a, a team is stuck, and they can't get past a certain issue, a certain thing. Um, they're they're not getting any traction, and so I get to come in and help them out. Do you think it's important for me to know that I'm the kind of person that can help people get over things, that, I, that I'm a pers- kind of person that can overcome things, that I can conquer things. Mm. And like, that was like, that was so, so life-changing for me to begin a process of hearing God's perspective on who I am, on who he has called me to be, so that I, you know, I'm not, I don't need to try to do anything. I don't need to try to, um, you know, say the right thing when I'm, when I'm working with a church or, you know, have this amazing insight. I just know that God has called me to do this. God has called me to be who I am, who he's made me to be. And I'm just going to walk in that. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, the same thing is true. You can probably see it pretty easily in, in worship leading. There's all this pressure to make something happen, you know, and to, right. to, to lead well and engage the congregation and, you know, and, and there's, there, there's things that we do to get us there. And that makes sense. But at the core of that, I'm not trying to, you know, earn my keep, you know, with God. I'm not trying to, to, to get his favor. I'm not trying to, like, be seen as a certain kind of person. I'm just being who, who he said that I am. And so that identity thing really flows throughout everything that I'm doing. And, and you know, every, you know, you know, so many of the disagreements and the, and the struggle and the frustration that happens on a worship team you know, happens because, you know, my guitar player is trying to, like, feel good about his life because of his spotlight. Yeah. You know, or whatever. That, so that kind of stuff. So, 
so that's that's one thing I, that I, I talk a lot about the identity piece, and the other one is um, the way that we uh, treat what we've been given, um, the the way we we have our own culture of growth internally, and then as a team and as a church. Um, it's it's been a big deal for me to always stay growing and stay learning, um, and so helping churches to do that, helping leaders to do that, helping leaders to help their teams to do that. You know how do how do I how do I help my whole team take responsibility for themselves and say, okay, this is my responsibility individually to get better. Yeah, you know. So that's been a big a big part of it is helping them to to be able to push themselves and. You know the whole parable of the talents, right? Has uh, has kind of played a backdrop for that. Sure. So. What's like a practical way for someone to like say someone's listening to this and like I, I really want to push myself? Like what? How how did they go about that? Yeah, um, actually, I wrote a, a I sent out a newsletter once or twice a month called the Worship Fertilizer, okay. and I wrote one about that called um, the Growth Plan, okay. and then I wrote a follow up one called How to Actually Do Something About Your Growth Plan. All right. Because um, it's one, you know, it's 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 one thing to have a desire to grow, and it's the other thing. Yeah, how do you how do you actually do that? So, a couple of the of the of the the points of that was, you know, one is to is to to look at what is the what is the scope of things that I could grow at. You know, so what what are some of the maybe the musical dynamics or the leadership things or the relational dynamics or the spiritual things. You know, what what are some of the things that I could look at, and what are and so kind of make a list of that. Mm-hmm. So I can at least get my mind around it. So, or have you know somebody help me say, "Hey, I want to grow. Is there something that you think that I should be growing in?" Yeah. So get an idea of what those things could be, and then just pick a couple of them. Um, so you can be intentional. Say, okay, over this year, you know, I'm not going to learn how to how to play, you know, certain scales, or I'm not going to learn a certain, you know, certain drumming techniques, or I'm not going to learn, you know, all the things I could learn. I'm going to learn these three things. I'm going to work on these three things. And then the, the the kind of the catalyst to actually get that to happen, um, I'm 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 a realist in terms of man. I get that most of the people that we're working with and we're playing with don't do this for a living. You know, we just it's all we can do to get to rehearsal. Yeah. So rehearsals become a super important way of getting things done. So if I'm talking to a worship leader, I say, look. You know, what does your band need to know the most? What are you helping, you know, when you show up to rehearsal, what are you hoping that they learn? What skill? You know, is it a listening thing? Is it a dynamics thing? Is it tempos? Is it, you know, what is it that you're helping them, helping them grow in? And just pick one thing to work on in one song. So you're not overwhelming them. And so you're not overwhelmed because you can't, you know. So sometimes I'll like reverse engineer my sets and I'm like, Okay, so I I want my team to learn. Um, there was a band I was working with that really needed to learn to individuate their tempo because you know w- what they had grown up with was, you know, the worship leaders. You know, I am the rhythm section in my guitar, and I, you know, you're gonna follow me. And if I stop, the band falls apart. Yeah, you know, they hadn't learned that. Hey, the drums and the you guys are like the railroad tracks. You guys, you know, support us. So, so I said, hey. I'm going to pick a song and I'm going to choose what I play in that song or don't play in that song um, in a way that's going to force the team to learn that on their own. And so, you know, and one of the songs I, you know, I said, okay, this song doesn't really need a guitar part. I'm going to have the keyboard player and the drummer kind of lock in the rhythm for what's going on. And I'm just going to sing. 
and I'm not going to play. So, and I picked that song and I picked that arrangement just to teach that principle. Yeah. So, so you have to, you just, you know, it's, it's, you have to be intentional about it and you have to be, you have to do it in small enough steps that it doesn't, you know, freak your whole team out. Sure. Yeah. So that's a good word. So if people want to get in touch with you, what are, what are all your channels? Uh, well, my website is adlibmusic.com. Okay. So that's the main part. And there's a, my logo has a hand in it, so you can kind of click on the hand and fill out a form if you want to, if you're going to get, get in touch with me. Sure. Um, I'm on Twitter at adlib247. Um, and uh, David adlibmusic.com is my, my email address. Awesome. So, well, cool. Thanks so much for chatting, Dave. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Now we'll hop over to our interview with Josh White. The reason why we decided to do a conference is because I've been able to go to some bigger conferences um, like Seeds Conference in Tulsa and some other bigger churches that put on some pretty great conferences. And I saw a lot of awesome things, but with a small church budget and being in a small church, you go there and you get to dream a lot. But bringing home practical things from those conferences, for the most part, for us at least, it just wasn't going to be applicable. There wasn't many things that we could do um, with our type of budget and with our people. Um, outside of myself, I'm the only you know, paid guy in the, the music realm at our church and even in our production and media stuff. I'm, I'm kind of the overall guy for that. So we decided to do a conference this summer, and primarily we just decided – before it was even a conference, we were just going to get a handful of guys together and say, listen, you know, I, I think we're doing something right over here. Um, and uh, if there's anything we can teach other churches, um, then, you know, it'd be perfect. So our overall mindset for the entire conference was just to help smaller churches and whatnot. So we opened it up and then it, it went from 25 to about 50 people to kept on growing. So we decided we're going to make it a little bit bigger, a little bit more of a of a bigger venue and a bigger thing. So it turned into what's now called create day and it's, it's a one day worship and church production and media conference. And a lot of the guys that we've got coming are these worship pastors and these worship leaders that, you know, they're not even necessarily a full-time paid staff guy. They're, they're just coming saying, listen, man, we just got a, a soundboard and we've got one projector and we've got a guitar player what in the world can we do better? Right. So we uh, we kind of went with that approach. And it, the whole entire thing is, you know, it's not just for smaller churches. As a matter of fact, we've got a few churches coming. They run about 2,000, 3,000 people. We've got one church from Mississippi bringing their whole uh, creative arts team. They run about five or 6,000 people there. So we've got these bigger churches coming too. And, you know, but for us, it's what, what can we what can we make practical for you? And so our, our mindset isn't for you to come and just see a, a brand new way to do what you've always been doing um, or uh, the latest lighting gear or the nicest projector, or how to make nice graphics. We want to make sure you, when you leave, you know exactly what you need to do when you go home to make things better. That's kind of our overall uh, mindset for the, for the conference. Hmm. The entire uh, the co- entire conference is going to be um, dealing with four different areas. We're going to be dealing with church worship, church music, um, production overall, church production, media, and creativity. And I, I 
personally believe those four areas work side by side with each other so much in in the church realm. And so we're going to be looking at those four four things. So when we first were looking for the breakout sessions and who was going to be talking, we had two different choices. Either we could just do it in-house or we could find some really big names, fly in some big people um, and have them talk. And that would create you know a crowd that would bring in people. But we decided to go a completely different route that really wasn't on the table at the very beginning. We brought in people that work in, you know, they're not super well known um, in a, a large sense um, as far as church music, church worship, and whatnot, all those things go. So we brought in these guys um, that they that do things super well, but they don't have any sort of a huge platform. They're just regular guys that work in, in churches. And so we've got um, Fox Watterson. He's coming in from, from Phoenix, and the guy is an absolute audio genius. And so he's going to be coming in and talking about just overall church production. Um, he's been working with churches from a church plant of, of 15 to 20 people to working in a church of four or 5,000 people. And so he understands um, a, a great deal about how to do these things. Uh, we've got another guy coming in, a, a local guy here in Vegas that's going to be talking about worship and, and music and how to imply and implement some things. We've got uh, Gateway Church in Texas. They have a church plant um, that they started a few years ago in Phoenix, Arizona. And if you know anything about Gateway Church, they're on about you know, 25,000, 26,000 people. But their church plant started from, from nothing, from a core group of 10 people, and it grew to 1,000 people within a year. And so we're going to bring in their media guy um, because their media presence and their production presence at Gateway is pretty big, pretty large. Yeah. So he's going to be coming in talking about that. As far as the sessions go, um, we, the first session is going to be on the creative process because the entire conference really deals around that entire field. We talk about how you can be, um, how you can apply your ideas, what ideas stick, what ideas don't stick. Um, that's going to be one of the, the breakout sessions as well as when we're going to be talking about that. We have one breakout session that's we call the idea board. And basically, we're just going to be throwing ideas around in the room. And uh, we're going to put them on a giant blackboard that we have. And we're going to talk about, can you actually do this outside of the box ideas or not? And that's kind of the type of sessions we're going to have. These aren't going to be sessions where you come in and you get to hear a, a big name speaker and you leave inspired. Like These are, these are going to be conferences or I'm sorry, these are going to be sessions and tracks that, that, you know, you probably wouldn't necessarily see in other, other conferences just because, um, you know, we want to make sure, and again, this is our mindset. We want to make sure when you leave, man, you know, exactly. Okay. This is my problem. I now know how to fix this problem. I'm going to go home and apply that. So things just run smoother. So we've got the creative process, um, session. We've got a, um, We've got a, a, a audio production and visual production uh, session that Fox is going to do. Uh, Matt Howard is going to be coming in from Ohio. He he works as a worship pastor, but he does a lot of preaching in his church. So he's going to be coming in talking about sermon series, how to develop the right type of sermon series, how not to keep on you know taking other people's ideas. How can we develop one original sermon series for us? So he's going to be talking about that a little bit and how to work with the worship pastor in that sense. We've got some different guys going to be coming in. As far as breakout sessions, we're not doing a lot of breakout sessions. What we're going to be doing is we're going to have 10 to 15 different worship pastors and worship leaders that are going to be available 
after that's going to be doing Q&A sessions with these people or if they get enough people that have the same question. Um, we're going to be doing a breakout session for that. Again, you know, like I said, this is going to be super different than most conferences. We just want to make sure people, um, when they come, they're learning. That's our number one goal. They, they learn, you know, what they can do better. Sure. Um, the big, the big finale for the whole thing is probably the, the one session I'm the most um, excited about. It's called Let's Create a Sunday Morning. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a teaching pastor, a worship pastor, and a creative arts pastor who's going to be kind of our Sunday production guy. Mm. They're going to be all three of those guys. They're going to be sitting down at a table on the stage, and the teaching pastor within the, the 25, 35 minutes that they have, he's going to give them, listen, this is my outline. Here it is. How can we create this Sunday morning? So they're going to talk about songs to go with it. Then they're going to ta- talk about artwork and, and the lighting that can go with it and this and that. So you're going to see firsthand how can a church put together a Sunday morning. It's not going to be just ideas. You're going to see it firsthand happen on stage. That's cool. So that's going to be one of our ideas that we're going to be throwing out for that day as well. Um, you know, if anything, we want to create a community of people that can help other people. Um, that's why another idea that we're throwing around that we're going to be doing that day, we have different colored stickers that mean different colored things. So if you're in church production, you're going to have a red sticker. If you're a church worship leader, you'll have a blue sticker. If you're doing media, you have yellow. Or if you're just, you know, I'm the, the guy that does everything, we'll give you, I don't know, all of them, I guess. <laughs> so our whole thing is we want to make sure you can get connected with these other guys. Because for me, honestly, um, church networking is so huge for me. Um, I learn just by the friendships that I have and gain so much knowledge and intentionality in the stuff that I do just from the people that I get to talk with and sit down and, and have coffee with and pray, pray with them. Um, that's really more than anything I ever learned in school. I've learned more from trial and error and experience and the people that are already doing it. I've learned more that way than any other way. So I want to make sure that the people that come to learn from us, they're not just learning from Paradise Church. They're, they're learning from um, the people that are there to learn with them as well. So. Mm-hmm. That's good. So if people want more information, where do they go? So we have a uh, creative website set up for our church. It's called paradisecreative.co. Um, and if you want to register, the banner is on the very front page on there. Um, and if you just want to go straight to registering for it, it's paradisecreative.co backslash create day. And the other great thing about this conference, it's absolutely free. We're not charging a dime for it. You just show up, um, yeah, that's it, man. That's you cool. Just show up, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what if people want to connect with you? Where, what are all your social channels and your website and all that? Yeah, the best way to connect with me, um, go check out my my worship and creative arts blog. It's joshwhite.org. And then from there, you can see me on on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I'm now on Pinterest. Awesome. So awesome. That too. <laughs> and we'll, we'll have links to, um, for those of you that haven't been around the Church Collective for super long, Josh has some posts on our site too. So we'll link to all those on the show notes and everything he mentions in there, as well as uh, Fox Watterson and Matt Howard. We're both contributors for the Collective. So you can uh, click on those links um, and, and see their posts. Um, but yeah, Josh, just looking forward to what the Lord's going to do with the conference and um, yeah, pray that God does big things. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's it for this week's episode. Head over to thechurchcollective.com slash podcast slash episode 33 for all the links to everybody that we talked about in the episode and to get all the links to all the websites and resources. There's just some great stuff over there. And if you haven't connected with us yet, make sure to hit join the collective. We want to connect with you and connect you with others. God bless you.